Hey moms, welcome to this episode of the Dorinda Wilson podcast. I'm Dorinda Wilson, and if you are new here, you might not know much about me. So I'll tell you real quick that I've been married to Daryl for 32 years. We have eight kids, ages 17 to 30, five boys and three girls. We also have eight grandkids, and we've been homeschooling for over 26 years. And I'm really grateful that you're here today. If you are a regular listener, welcome back. I am so grateful for all of you. The podcast is growing like crazy, and praise the Lord. Um, I just am so grateful that I can be an encouragement to that many moms. It's the wonder of technology, right? Well, I am, like I said, very glad that all of you are here, new listeners, old listeners, regular listeners. And before I dive into the topic that I'm going to be discussing today, um, I'm going to be talking about uh, basically kind of cultivating an environment at home that helps grow our kids' character. So uh, before I dive into that and explain a little bit more about what I'm talking about, um, I wanted to let you know if you are interested in checking out a few books that I've written, um, I'll just name them off real quickly. It's The 4-Hour School Day, How You and Your Kids Can Thrive in the Homeschool Life. And this is based on our 26 years of uh, homeschooling our kids, our eight kids, and um, just me sharing my heart. And I think it'll be a real encouragement to you. Um, This is a great book, not just for new homeschoolers, but for homeschoolers who have been doing this for a while. And, um, you know, sometimes we just need a little boost of encouragement why we're doing what we're doing. And I, I think I really bring out some points that are worth thinking about that maybe you haven't thought about before. But overall, it is just just it is just packed, actually, packed with encouragement. So check out the four-hour school day on Amazon. You can find it at your favorite booksellers, or you can find it um, here at DorendaWilson.com. So I also need to share with you uh, one of my favorite magazines and It's one that is just so different than so many of the magazines out there. And, you know, if you've decided to homeschool and listen to this podcast, I'm guessing that you have a desire to slow down and enjoy the journey. And my friends at Homeschooling Today magazine share our hearts for homeschooling. The print magazine is gorgeous. I love the print version. When it comes in the mail, you'll want to get away and savor it. Um, Yeah. You will definitely find some great ideas for teaching that will inspire you, but you'll also feel emboldened to homeschool in a way that helps your kids discover who God created them to be. That's one of the reasons I love writing for them. In fact, I just finished finished writing an article for the next, I want to say episode, but the next, next issue. I know that, uh, that they're passionate about homeschooling and have a deep desire to help you homeschool boldly, to remind you that we're in this together and to help you see past the present trials into the reality of your true calling, just equipping your children to be the remarkable people that God created. So go check out Homeschooling Today at homeschoolingtoday.com. I will include the link in the show notes. 
If you've listened to uh, the last few podcasts, you know I've had a great conversation with Pastor Wes about the biblical importance of family. And last week I talked about raising warriors, and there seems to be a theme going on here. You know, really, it's just so much about the importance of raising our kids in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Now, if you're wondering what admonition is, it's counsel or advice, gentle reproof, instruction in duties, caution, direction. Sounds like parenting, doesn't it? Essentially, what it is is discipling our kids in the ways of the Lord. And I wanted to talk about building character this week or character building, kind of what that looked like in our family. But I realized that before I do that, it's really important to understand that we as moms have a responsibility to create an environment for our kids that is conducive to growing their character. So what I mean by this is that we can't just demand that our kids grow in character without doing our part. We are nurturers. Growing children in character, I like to say actually growing them in wisdom, like Solomon asked for in Proverbs. By the way, that is an awesome book to be going through if you want to know the difference between wisdom and foolishness. And as you teach your children, it's really important to keep those things clearly in the forefront of your mind. But growing children in character or wisdom is a cultivating process. It's like planting and growing a garden. It takes time and careful attention as we sow seeds, water them, fertilize them, and keep the weeds from choking them. We have to, with a garden, keep an environment that is conducive to um, continuing to encourage the plants to grow and bear as much fruit as possible. Now, the Bible talks about not provoking our children to anger, and that can happen in a lot of different ways, but one of them is asking them to grow in character or or learn while making it difficult for them to do so. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, at its very base, I would say that the most helpful thing that we did as a family was to keep a very simple routine. So, um, you know, our kids knew that they were going to get breakfast, lunch, and dinner at certain times. So if they asked us, when are we eating lunch? Well, we're eating lunch at noon, like we always do. Look at the clock. What time is it? Is it time for lunch yet? See, right there, you gave your kids an opportunity to learn what time is and to learn patience and to maybe learn to read the clock. Um, So these are just very simple ways to create an environment for our kids that is conducive to learning. Because here's another thing about it. If our kids know that they're going to be eating at a regular time and they're and they're not allowed to become overly hungry or overly tired, so keeping regular bedtimes and rest times or nap times um, in the afternoon, that is really, really so important. It's such a basic for um, helping our kids to grow in character because when our kids are tired, we can actually be provoking them by expecting um, by expecting them to to really be on their best behavior, to put their best foot forward, to really try to um, to to live into what we're trying to teach them to live into in terms of learning patience and all of that. Um, but we can be uh, provoking them by expecting them to do that 
while they're starving hungry or tired or thirsty. So just those really basic needs being met on a regular basis. And uh, are, it's just so helpful. It keeps, it makes your job easier. It makes it, makes it a, a more of a conducive environment for them to grow and learn as well. Because what we've done is we've eliminated excuses uh, much of the time by not letting them get so tired or hungry. So if we're not having regular meal times or nap times or bedtimes, we might not know when our child misbehaves, um, whether or not some of that has to do with that they're tired or that they're hungry or that they're thirsty. So we, we eliminate that variable out of the equation. That's huge right there. Good sleep, good eating, making sure that they're nourished, and, and making sure that they're well hydrated. You guys, it sounds so basic and it is, but it is so important. It's part of how we create an environment that is conducive to character building and learning. So we have to understand the importance also of being aware of what our kids are experiencing on a daily basis. You know, I talk about gardening and I talk about, uh, many of you have heard the story that I told uh, in my book, and I often talk about this at conferences, tell this same story, is that the year that I had the most uh, fruit, the most uh, the greatest harvest out of my garden was the year that I, I went out to that garden every single day, not for copious amounts of time, but very regularly so that I could sort of waylay any disasters. So I went out there to make sure they had enough water, to make sure that the bugs weren't eating them, to make sure um, that, you know, the, you know, the tomato plant didn't fall over because, you know, it got, it went growing a, a crazy direction, even though I had uh, staked to the tomato plant. There's so many different things that can be going on. Sometimes the deer had had started to nibble on things, and I wouldn't notice that if I wasn't out there every single day checking in, checking the pulse of the garden. And we do the same thing with our children throughout the day. We need to know what they're experiencing. Human beings learn the best when they experience things with most or all of their sen- uh, their senses. So you know our senses are seeing hearing smelling tasting and touching these are these are the sort of the avenues that we can use to create an environment at home that is conducive to learning that is conducive to character training okay so the seeing hearing smelling tasting touching these are ways we can influence and encourage our children in good character um as well as helping them to be better learners. Um, This is not an exhaustive explanation that I'm going to be going into, but some simple ideas that worked for our family. What I really want you to do is to ask God to give you wisdom as to what your focus should be right now and creativity and how it should look for your family in this particular season that you're in. So let's talk about seeing, okay? There's an old Sunday school song that says, Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. For the Father up above is looking down in love. So be careful, little eyes, what you see. As parents, it's our responsibility to both model and teach our children to turn our eyes away from evil. That doesn't mean we don't know evil exists and that we don't periodically, accidentally happen upon it, but we are discerning as to what we choose to focus on. 
I used to make a point of watching to be sure my kids weren't gazing at magazine covers in the checkout line at the grocery store. Sometimes I would turn the magazine around if there was something particularly vulgar. You know, I would sort of like as we were approaching the cash register, I would take a quick glance around and if something looked like, you know, something that could be a a, a good conversation starter or is just a little too much for the kiddos that I have with me, I had no trouble just flipping those those babies around. So um, these are just one of the uh, many little things that we can do to help protect our kids. And like I said, eventually they're going to be exposed to it, but especially in those early years, um, those early elementary years, we want to be careful. Um, It's our job to nurture and protect these little seedlings until they're ready to handle and weather the storms of evil that are in this world. I remember the story of Corey Timboom's father. Um, she was on an, uh, they were on a, on a, uh, a train trip. And I think she asked some sort of question that I don't know had to do with sex or had to do with, I don't know exactly what it was, but her father didn't answer her. And when they were getting ready to get, get off the airplane, he handed her a heavy suitcase. And she was like, I can't, I can't carry this, you know? And his response to her was, and this is why I don't think that now is a good time for us to talk about whatever it is she was asking about, because it would be too heavy of a burden for you to carry right now. You know your child better than anyone. You know, some kids are ready for the talk earlier than others. Uh, My kids tended to be a little bit later on that. And I was okay with that. And so were they. And, and I always told them, you know, if you want to, if you want to know about this thing, because periodically, you know, it kind of comes up and, and I said, just talk to me. I'm happy to tell you everything. Are you ready to hear it now? And they would go, mm, no, not right now. Some, you know, eventually they said yes, but I think they almost had sort of a, the same gut feeling that, no, I just, I'm not ready for that burden yet. And that's really what I would tell them. I would tell them that story. And I would say, you know, if you're ready, if you feel like you're ready for that heavy suitcase, I'm happy to give it to you. Um, but, it's, you know, but as parents, ultimately, we have to make that decision and that choice when it comes to our kids. And that doesn't just, talk, uh, you know, that doesn't just apply to the talk. It applies to a lot of things. Like my kids didn't know what, you know, what uh, they didn't know what same-sex marriage was for ever, you know, because on honestly, back then it was not nearly as pushed in our culture. So there is that chance that you may have to have that conversation a little sooner, but you can keep the explanation brief and and to something that isn't doesn't become a burden for them. So that's really the point of what I'm trying to say. While there is much evil in this world, there is also so much beauty. By making a point of exposing our kids to as much beauty as possible early on through nature and art and music, and we are training them to love beauty and goodness because when they have seen so much of it, that's what they've been inundated with, they are far more likely to be turned off by what is vulgar and ugly. I noticed that as my kids grew that they were actually more sensitive to sin than I was. I had actually been hardened to it more than they had, not just because I was an adult, but because I was exposed to more of it in my teen years than, than they were, or you know, in my earlier years. 
So it's it's amazing how how quickly that can happen. And that's what we don't want. You know, a lot of people say, you know, well, your kid has to, you know, be exposed to the world at some point. Yeah, they do. But it doesn't have to be today. It doesn't even have to be this year. I remember talking to my husband about this and his comment was, you know, um, he went to, he was a banker for a while and the way that they uh, trained the bankers, uh, the tellers to be able to recognize if money was counterfeit or not was to only give them money that wasn't counterfeit for weeks and months on end. And you know, when they tried to sneak in a counterfeit, they knew it because they were so exposed to the real thing that when the counterfeit came along, they recognized it. And my husband said, the same thing's going to happen with our kids. We're going to expose them to truth, to beauty, and good things as much as possible. And when the ugly things and the evil things and the counterfeit things, the lies from Satan come along, they're going to be able to recognize it. All right, let's talk about hearing. Music is a powerful tool to keep a peaceful and joyful spirit in our homes. Choose music that fits your family and the activity. For instance, during chores or picking up toys, you can play fun kids songs or dance songs. And at nap time or during reading time, maybe a little soft instrumental can be playing in the background, maybe classical music. We can choose the music. We can do it. Or we can give our kids a few options to choose from. But remember, you're in charge. The words we choose to speak to our children. This is another way that our children, uh, we, we you know, create an environment through hearing, is that the words that we choose to speak to our children and the tone that we use really makes a huge difference in how they respond. We can actually provoke them or encourage them simply by the words and the tone that we use. Now, this doesn't mean we take responsibility for their disobedience or for their disrespect, but know that we have a part in this. We take responsibility for our part and we have them take responsibility for theirs. Proverbs 18.21 says that life and death are in the power of the tongue. How we allow our children to talk to each other and how we speak to our husbands matters. What we allow our children to listen to also matters. If we find ourselves in circumstances where chaos is running rampant and words are being spoken foolishly, we should usher our kids away as quickly as we can. Part of protecting and nurturing our children is teaching them to exercise wisdom in what they listen to. And so much of that comes through being an example ourselves. Let's talk about smelling and tasting. Now, you're probably wondering, where is she going with this? Well, years ago, uh, I walked into the house. I was a, a mom at the time. I was married and I had young children and I walked into my mom's house and she had been she had been cooking a pot roast and I literally I got tears in my eyes because I it just all every part of my being relaxed just smelling that smell. You know, it just was associated with relaxation and refuge to me. And it's amazing how smells can bring comfort and trigger great memories later on. There's nothing better than a timely home-cooked meal. Food has been associated with comfort since the beginning of time. Every culture has food traditions. The tradition of celebrating and enjoying good food with our families and friends is a gift from the Lord. Ecclesiastes 2.24 in the New Living Translation says, So I decided there is nothing better than to enjoy food and drink and to find satisfaction in work. 
Then I realize that these pleasures are from the hand of God. I also think that it's important we pay attention to what our kids are eating. Our job as moms is to nurture our kids mentally, emotionally, spiritually, but also physically. If our kids are eating too much sugar and not getting the nourishment from healthy food that they need, there is a much higher chance that they will struggle to learn and it will make it much more difficult for them to receive instruction, correction, direction in character growth, and in learning. Now, if you don't know much about healthy eating, do yourself and your family a favor and just start educating yourself. It doesn't have to be complicated. I have a podcast called Growing Healthy Families, and I'll share that link in the show notes. Okay, let's talk about feeling. One of the greatest benefits of homeschooling is having access to our kids pretty much all the time. That means that we can hug them numerous times throughout the day. We can snuggle up together and read. We can dance together anytime we want to. We can let them hold their younger siblings and give them kisses. Touch is a powerful way to express love and safety and to connect with another human being. It can be easy to get busy with schoolwork and forget how important it is to connect with our kids through touch. None of us does all of these things perfectly. But if we continue to go back to them over and over again, it is what our children will remember. Also, it can really help to know your kids' love languages. Words of affirmation, touch, acts of service, gift giving, or quality time. So I'm going to include a link that a link that can help you determine your child's love language. It's super super helpful. By creating an environment that is conducive to character growth, we also create one that is conducive to learning. You guys, two birds, one stone. But it will take some time and intention on your part as a mom. And this is why I feel like God constantly calls me back and us back to uh, simplifying and slowing down. It means that we need to focus more on our whys than the constantly evolving, arbitrary, and unbiblical standards that surround the traditional approach to education and parenting. Our homes need to be places where the patterns and habits we form as a family reflect the gospel and declare the goodness and sovereignty of God. It's here, in this kind of home, that we will cultivate godly children who have understanding and wisdom beyond their years. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for the reminder of the opportunities that we have, the privilege that we have to invest in our children. God, I pray that every mom listening would just meditate on and pray through the things that she heard today. And Lord, I ask that you would bring to her mind the things that you want her to focus on right now. I never want to overwhelm moms with information, but Lord, you are good, so good about pointing out the things that we specifically need right now. And I pray that for every mom who's listening. I pray a blessing over these moms. I pray a blessing over their households. Thank you for each and every one. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.